Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Rivercats 9 Lives podcast. Our guest this week is Rivercats pitching coach, pitching guru, Garvin Alston. Gee, so many changes. I know this is the time of year we see it, but especially this year, been so many changes with the pitching staff. So you're getting to know these guys. And, uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things, you know, look, guys are going to come and go. You're going to have guys designated, guys released, guys picked up. So it keeps it challenging for you and always interesting for you, right? It is. It is. Um, you know, every day you check to see who's here, who's not here, <laughs> and uh, walk around. But, yeah, just getting to know new guys that are here and feeling bad about the guys that we're here you develop relationships with. You know, that's just part of the game. It's the toughest part of the game, you know, because you know you hope these guys end up getting picked up by somebody. But again, that's the you know people think about the relationships that you have with your pitchers and those conversations. They got to be so hard. It is hard, very hard, um, to the point where anything. I won't use names, but yeah. there's been quite a few guys that uh, got let go that I'm very close to. Yeah. I put phone calls into every organization that I have a personal relationship with just so they can, you know, keep playing, have another opportunity. But it is very difficult, especially when you get home and after the game, you start thinking about, man, that was a, a tough day. Love that. Can you, I mean, not specific conversation, but can you tell us like what you tell a guy when you know... He could pitch at this level, just not the right fit for him. How, does, how do those conversations go? Yeah, no, it, it's it's depending on the person. Um, you know, guys that came through the organization that I kind of know a little bit and got to grow up with, you know, I kind of talked to them about, you know, the things that they did well here and the things they need to improve. But just having a new start can be a, a difference maker for them. And in that opportunity, you know, take hold of it and run with it if you get that opportunity again. You know, you have such a good feel because you know, there are younger pitchers that come in and then there are vets that come in, and you know how to deal with those guys differently because you got a Scotty Alexander come in, 33 years old, he's been experienced. Uh, you have a different relationship with him coming in as you do with younger pitchers, right? Absolutely. It's a partnership. Uh, you know, when these guys come in, they know who they are, they know what they do, they know what they do well. It's a partnership just to get to know exactly what they need for the day or for the week just so we can go ahead and be on the same page. Now, Striffler uh, comes in the right-hander with a, with a great arm. Uh, give the give the folks a little idea of what you think of him. Triffler is amazing, <laughs> and I say that in a, in a good way. Yeah. He's a little bit out in the left field a little bit, but that's the, the best thing about him. He has fun. He is so talented, right-hander. Uh, throws the ball anywhere from mid to upper 90s, uh, but his best pitch is his slider. He commands the slider actually better than he does his fastball, and because of that, that is uh, uh, an attribute that a lot of people don't have. You know, Joey Marciano's had such a fine year. He's going through it a little bit. It's so tough. He allowed the two home runs here that weren't real bombs, bro. They, they look, they they made it out. Uh, they made it out of here. But uh, he, and he gave a three the other night, and then the two home runs. You know, Joey he takes it hard because he's so he's such had such a passion for this game. He's had such a fine year. Yes. Uh, what were those conversations like? Uh, just told him simply there are times when you go through things. Um, your pitches later in the season are probably not breaking the same, and we kind of went over the numbers a little bit and just understanding that he has to work just a little bit harder on the mound and do less during the pregame. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody knows him, he's a nonstop, relentless worker as far as the running is concerned, the workouts are concerned, keeping his body in great shape. There's a balance between the work and actually competition. So that's something that we're working on right now. Well, Sean Jelly pitched, got through five innings through the rain, through some command issues during the game, but he found a way, and that was the one thing. Got that that double play was huge. You get the six four three double play, you have one more out to get. He got through ninety pitches. I'm sure he had a sigh of relief when he got through the five innings. Like, 
I got through the five. That was a battle. It was. Uh, I called him my mother uh, yesterday, <laughs> so I was uh, appreciative of his grittiness yeah. yesterday. Didn't have his best stuff, especially after the third inning struggle with command, like you said. But the one thing that I saw him, he's like, you know what? I'm going to get through this. I'm going to give this team an opportunity to win today. Uh, Tristan Beck, we, we talked about him. Uh, you gave me a little soundbite on him the other day. He's a guy that has... Uh, just improved. He's he's listened. He's applied what you guys have talked about, and that makes you feel good as a pitching coach. It sure does. And we actually had a long conversation yesterday, and we kind of like he said to me, "I see what you were trying to do," and yeah. I was like, "You do?" I said, "Really?" So we kind of talked about it. But yeah, Tristan had. I mean, anybody that comes from the Double A experience and coming up to Triple A for the first time, this league is not easy at all. And there are times where I feel this league is actually harder than a major league when it comes to the ABS system, the field that you're playing on, the altitude that you're playing with, the hitters that you're facing, I can go on and on. And it took a little time for him to understand that you can't do the same thing that you was doing at Double A that you're doing here. Guys see you, understand you, they research you. And uh, in doing so, you got to learn how to pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we've been doing for the last six or seven outings. Gee, those conversations are funny because you have guys that have their whole experience their repertoire, what they throw, what they're comfortable with, what the pitching coaches and managers previous to coming here uh, from other organizations have preached to them. So that's a fine balancing act for you to say, okay, this works for you, but this is what I'd like you to try. How how does that balance work? I think you said it perfectly. It's a balance. Uh, For me personally, what I try and do is I allow them to go out there and pitch. And I usually give them two games, maybe three, depending on the person, just to see how things are working. And then we have conversations and we talk about it. We talk about what they're doing well, what they need to improve on. And from there, I hand them, we all hand them the uh, player plans when they come in and we discuss them. It's like, this is what we want to see as far as our organization, what we think is going to help you succeed for the major leagues. So with that being said, there's a balance between what we would like for them to do and for the pitchers that know who they are themselves, put that together so they can be the best version of themselves. Another thing we don't talk about is, is the meetings, the relationship, not only you have with the pitchers, but the relationship between pitcher and catcher, yes. Nap, uh, Pareda, they're in on those meetings. How important is that for your relationship with them to talk about the pitchers? So that is the one thing that I think gets overlooked often. Um, there is constant dialogue between myself and the catchers yeah. in regards to what the pitchers are doing. Forget about the scouting report for the game, but just what they do. Uh, and then when we have our meetings for the game and we're putting together the game plan, I need for them, which they both do, and Proctor now is involved in that also, of being able to get ahead and have their own idea of how the game is going to flow. And because of that, we've come to a place where we can talk about it with each other on the bench while the game is going on for things that we see and prior to. Love that. I know there's – because I, I watched Nap the other day and I thought about that. I was like, you know, Andrew's involved with all this with the pitchers, the psychology. He's getting – he just got here. So he's, he's learning the pitchers right now himself. i tell you what. He's actually pretty incredible. Uh, I don't know if he does or he doesn't, but – it, it seemed like he has a photographic memory and remembering everything that's going on wow. from each pitcher. Um, but he's, you know, he's been around the game for a little bit. He's yeah. been in the major leagues for a while, so he knows how to handle guys. And, you know, there are times when I think that a certain pitch should be thrown and he comes in and for us to say, hey, what you got on that? And he'll tell me straight up, this is the reason why I did this. And if you have a reason behind it, I am perfectly fine with it. Right. There's no one way of getting people out. Yeah. So it's just about the execution of that pitch at that point in time. So I appreciate him. Another guy you appreciate for the adjustments he's made uh, is Cody Carroll. And, you know, Cody Carroll's a completely different pitcher now than he was. He just had trouble throwing strikes early. What was the key for, for him? Honestly, the key was him to get out of this 
um, area, which is the PCL, go to Arizona, get his body back in order. Um, a lot of people forgot that during spring training he got hurt. Yeah. And because he got hurt, he never got back on track. So he needed a little bit more seasoning to feel back and get back to par. We were actually doing the same stuff that he was doing in Arizona, but he didn't have to go and perform in a game where those numbers are actually going to count against him in regards to whether he can get a chance to go to major leagues yeah. or if he's going to stick around one or the other. So for me, just being able to go away and come back was the break that he needed. That's huge. Now, uh, Ronnie Williams, by the time we air this, Ronnie Williams will have the start here uh, with the Rivercats. I'm so happy to see him back. He's such a good guy. And I love watching him. I like his stuff. What, what can you tell the folks about Ronnie Williams? You know what? He's going to be – I'm assuming that he's going to be the same – but I know when he went over to Korea, you know, some things changed as far as his pitch profile. So I'm interested to see exactly what that's going to look like today. Uh, I know last year it was a four seam, two seam. Um, he threw a curveball early, then we gave him a slider. But when he went over to Korea, it was mainly four seam fastball, curveball, and an occasional two seamer. The changeup, I thought, was the main pitch for him last year as well. It was a really good ground ball, swing and miss pitch but he's yet to really whip that thing out, even in his bullpen, so we'll see. Is that one where you kind of sit and wait and, and watch, him, watch him in the game and then kind of then kind of have that meeting with him? 100%. Like, when he got here, of course, we talked to find out what he's been up to, and we kind of got an overview. He threw a light bullpen the other day, and uh, just to see what his first two pitches, and usually when you watch bullpens, you'll let them go, and I did, and I watched him. I said, first pitch was forcing fastball. His next pitch was curveball. And usually your first top two pitches you throw in a bullpen are your best pitches, yeah. which surprised me. Yeah. So just watching them, I'm interested to see how today is going to go. Yeah, you talked about Ford Proctor, and uh, he's a guy that, look, he can catch. And yeah. Matheny can too. And, look, you, you got, I asked him yesterday about playing the infield and going to catch with the perspective he has. He said, you know, I, I, I like catching. You're involved in every play of the game. But yeah. that's an interesting combo, I always think, when guys play the infield and catch, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, definitely it's an interesting combo. But with Proctor, just getting to know him just just a little bit he's very very cerebral in the things that he does he's a thinker he understands what's going on um the receiving portion of it is stuff that he's been working on so he says he enjoys it so we'll see today well i know a guy that enjoys his job and and uh the, the pitchers always tell me they go gee gee's amazing they, they, they love the fact you have a different relationship with each guy and you take time with each guy you don't just oh you every guy there's no guy that's more special than the next one i think that's a gift Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. My thing is, what can I do to help these young men achieve the dreams of being in the major leagues and staying in the major leagues? And that's my goal. And, you know, Danny Bosinger, he's also, we sit in there, we talk all day about our pitchers of how we can help them improve. So just the relationship with him and, and being there and Jason with the video. And he's actually been giving us information and stuff that he's been seeing. So just the group itself has been pretty cool. So, yeah, it's been fun. All right, G. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rivercats Nine Lives podcast hosted by Johnny Dosko. Please like, subscribe, and share with all your baseball-loving friends. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook.